Today we're going to have a quick little solo episode about what I consider to be some of the top mistakes that people are making when four-wheeling. I'm really interested to hear what you guys think. Am I bang on? Am I too critical? Am I grumpy old opinionated asshole? Let me know. What do you think are some of the top four-wheeling mistakes? Are you into four-wheeling, camping, and exploring? How about off-road racing like mud bogs, short course, wheel-to-wheel racing, or even desert races? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Four Before Canada podcast. My name is Wes, and I've been four-wheeling since I was six weeks old. I have over 20 years' experience in four before shops, many more than that, the off-road racing, and a lifetime of exploring the backcountry across Canada. Every week, we bring you a new guest where they give you their perspective on the industry. We discuss everything from four-wheeling, overlanding, every form of off-road racing across this great country, as well as we talk to many Canadian manufacturers and 4 before shops. Just a quick reminder that if you're looking for more episodes, you can find all of our episodes on 4BeforeCanadaPodcast.com or your favorite podcast-sharing platform. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at 4BeforeCanadaPodcast.com. Now let's get to the show. So today we've got another quick solo show. I wanted to talk about the top 11 mistakes people make when they're out four-wheeling. It's a simple list, but I think it covers a lot of the basics. Let me know what you think on our Facebook page at 4 Before Canada Podcast or on our Instagram as well. And if you like the episode and you like the podcast overall, how about throwing us a quick rating on your local podcast? These are on no particular order except for the first one. Not letting someone know where you're going and what time you should be expected back. It doesn't matter if you're out with other friends or if you're out on a single run by yourself, just let somebody know um, approximately where you're going and approximately what time they should hear back from you. I can't preach that one enough. You know, I do it all the time with my friends, let them know where I am or they let me know when I, where they are. And in the end, it may even end up saving your life. So that's number one. Please let people know where you're going and what time to expect you back. We all know plans change and you may end up going to a slightly different area or venturing out of you know the area that you wanted to go originally, but at least they'll have some sort of starting point. So second one, again, in no particular order, but this one is almost equally as important as the first, is are your vehicle not being in 100% mechanical shape? This is something I've seen a few times where go down a run, and somebody ends up breaking down and they're like, oh yeah, I've been meaning to fix that. Or, oh, that's where that noise is coming from. Or, yeah, yeah, I I knew that was coming. I just, yeah, I got around to it. And okay, well, now you've held up the whole team. We got to do an emergency repair on the side of the road or on the side of the trail. And just because you haven't kept your vehicle up to 100%. And to me, Going off-road with a vehicle that is not 100% is just absolutely ludicrous. And I know things are tight. Your money's tight. And I I totally get that. But you're not only putting yourself out and putting yourself in danger or you're also putting other people out that are out there with you. You know, they've got to help you do a trail repair or maybe they've got to run in town to get parts. So it's a really good idea to check your vehicle out before you go on a run, um, it's a good idea to give your, your vehicle a good inspection, you know, once a month or something like that. 
and especially if you're going on a on a big run just get a real quick check over and it'll save everybody a lot of grief especially yourself number three in the list not airing down now i used to be really bad at this i would go all kinds of fsrs or and i'd only air down you know when i actually had to go into four low and even a lot of times i didn't even bother airing down even when i was going into four low just because i'm lazy it's the time to air down it's time to air back up it's a pain in the ass but especially when you're going off-road but even on a lot of forest service roads i know that if i'm going to be out there for more than a few hours on these forest service roads i'll actually air down especially now that i got the tacoma and there's no weight in the back end and that once you hit that washboard that back end just skirts all over the place so it uh, i really notice it's a huge difference in the ride quality when i do air down you know whether i go down to 18 or 20 or whatever when i'm just doing four service roads i have to admit i'm bad for this you know if i'm going out for an hour or something like that or up a simple four service road where it's fairly smooth i'll admit i don't air down because i'm just lazy that's basically what it boils down to but like I say, first thing I notice is the ride quality on FSRs, but when you're going off-road, it actually really makes sense to air down because you're, on, you're getting a longer footprint and you're getting a wider footprint, and that helps you climb over the rocks, and therefore you're not spinning as much, not doing much trail damage, and it actually helps you a lot with traction. So air down, it's worth it. Freedom Recovery Gear has a great uh, air down tool, and compressors are pretty inexpensive you can pick up compressors anywhere from you know hundred dollars up to you know thousand if you want but i mean i got my air kit on sale uh, last year on boxing day sale for about 120 bucks from kms tools and it's worked out great so there's no really no excuse i know i'm, I'm bad for it myself but it really does help save your vehicle so save the road and it also makes a ride a lot smoother so going down to number four not using four low uh, a lot of people feel that four low is only when it gets really super rough uh, i actually use it quite a bit um even on a not so rough road you know you take a look at cornwall fire lookout it's not a rough trail at all but the vehicle doesn't have to work as hard it's got some more gearing to work with and especially going downhill for low is actually almost more important than when you're going flat or going uphill, which brings us to point number five, not using automatic transmission properly, not gearing down on downhills or over obstacles. It's kind of related to the for low thing. There's quite often I, when I am going down a hill or even, you know, a, from a mountain, I'll keep it in for low, even if it's on a, sort of you know rough forest service road but because and then i'll shift with the automatic transmission down to you know first or second or even third but uh, use the gearing to slow you down and that way you don't have to hit the brakes as often i remember one time coming down from seven on mountain and the the people behind me said you know you only touched your brakes like twice what the heck and we look at their vehicle and there's smoke billowing out of the brake calipers and 
It's just they totally overheated the brakes. It just stunk. And I'm sure those rotors were really warped. And they're like, how did you only touch your brakes? We were using ours down the whole way. And I'm like, I popped in the four low. I didn't need it, but I did pop in the four low. And I shifted with my transmission, uh, even though it's an automatic. And they're like, you can do that? And it's like, yeah, just so use that gearing to help slow you down and uh, saves a lot of wear and tear on your brakes and the rest of your vehicle as well. And also, if you are going over an obstacle, it's okay to gear down into, you know, from drive into first or second when going over obstacles. You get a little more control that way as well, too. So on to the next one, packing too much stuff. There's some people that pack a lot of stuff. To me, I like to pack the basics. You know, especially, you know, I've got a small toolkit, I've got a chainsaw and some recovery gear, and I'm good to go. Whereas some people would end up packing a lot and a lot of stuff. But having said that, that's also goes into the next one where people are unprepared for an emergency. So there's a fine line of having too much stuff and weighing your vehicle down and it rattling and you never end up using the stuff is a fine line between that and not having enough stuff. So having the basics, first aid kit, recovery gear, um, communication, etc. So in the end, it's whatever makes you comfortable. So if you want to pack a lot of stuff, go for it. It's not my particular style, but I'm kind of thankful that I've got friends that pack a lot of stuff. <laughs> so that's totally up to you. Do it the way you want. That goes with camping. Personally, I like to be a bit more of a minimalist. Maybe it's because I don't have as much room, but I guess, I guess it's not really mistakes. I, I should probably pop this one out of here, but I know there's a lot of people that pack way too much stuff camping and as well as four wheeling and they never use it. But I'd rather have too much stuff, I guess, than not enough. But let's go back to that being unprepared for an emergency. you got to have your basics. And if you're just starting out, just start with some of these basics. Have some basic recovery gear. Have a good quality first aid kit. A shovel. You know, some of your basics like that and go from there. You know, we don't, not everybody needs to have four max tracks on the vehicle, to five jerry cans on the roof etc especially when in bc you know you can usually find a gas station within an hour of wherever you are but um each two though you know i don't don't judge for that but going on to the next one refusing to turn around you gotta be smart about it especially if you're on your own but even when you're out with a group assess the situation is this something everybody's going to be able to get through is this something that is worth getting through. And I've seen a lot of people go around obstacles, which is a huge no-no. If you can't make it, don't go around it. Don't make new trails. That's what's getting our area shut down is that kind of stuff. So if you can't make it, it's just a three, a three attempt rule. If you can't make it after three attempts, you either winch it or you decide as a group, What's our next situation? There's been lots of times where I've been solo or in a group and we've kind of looked at it. And it's like, I don't know, you know, 
What's up around the corner? Is this worth it? It's three o'clock in the afternoon. We still have an hour and a half to get home. Is this worth taking this risk? And, you know, sometimes we said, yeah, and it's worked out fine. And sometimes we said, no, let's just, you know, call it quits and head back. And there's no shame in that. You know, let's just do this for another day. And unfortunately, when you do push and refuse to turn around or if you make these new trails, especially when you push and you refuse to turn around, some people take it as a status symbol. It's like, hey, I made it or whatever. But turning around is okay. We don't like to do it because it really sucks sometimes because we want to go somewhere. But you got to sometimes use your brain that, you know, it maybe your vehicle's not capable of it. Maybe you're not capable as a driver or it's just a complete washout or a bad side hill that, you know, things could go wrong. So playing it safe. And that rolls into our next two as well. Staying flexible because things may change and staying calm. Stay flexible. You may have to take a different route. You may have to turn around. There may be too much snow, etc. It's uh, all about staying calm, thinking it through, and doing what is probably the best decision for the group or best decision, especially if you're by yourself. I do a lot of four-wheeling by myself, and there's lots of times where I haven't felt comfortable and I've turned around. I mean, yes, maybe a winch would make me more comfortable, but that could also get me into a lot worse problems uh, get me into deeper into a situation where if I got to use a winch and if the winch doesn't work or that false sense of security of having a winch um, you know it could end up going farther in there and getting deeper and deeper and um, I have no idea where I was going with this <laughs> but basically stay flexible things change it's okay to turn around. Just stay calm. Our last one, which I think is very, very important, is people not having proper communications. And what I mean by that is having something where either call a friend, text a friend, or hop on that, like a Zolio, where they can hop on there and ask for help, whether it's search and rescue help or whether they're sending a message to a friend with coordinates saying, I'm stuck here, I need help. If you're going, if you are going out by yourself or even with a group and you're going to be out of cell range, definitely need, uh, recommend picking up, you know, a cell phone booster or a Zolio, something where you can communicate so that, you know, if you do end up right at getting into a problem and it's going to be past dark or you're going to need help from a outside source like search and rescue or friends coming to help you out, that you can get a hold of these people and um, make the proper communications on it. So, so there's some of what I consider to be mistakes made by people when they go four wheeling or off roading. Run down it again, real quick. Vehicle not in 100% mechanical shape. Absolutely no excuse for it. It is dangerous. It can leave you stranded. It you got to do roadside trail repairs, and it just pisses everybody else off in the group. Not letting somebody know where you're going. Doesn't matter if you're by yourself or if you're in a group. Just let somebody know where you're going and what time you're expected to be back. 
and give them, tell them, you know, what the grace window is, an hour or two, whatever. Third mistake, not airing down. Again, I'm not the best at this. I, but I know that for sure it makes a better ride on the FSRs and it also helps for traction uh, when you are off road. Number four, not using four low. Four, there's nothing wrong with using four low. You don't have to be in a rock crawling situation to use four low. There's quite often I'm on a okay trail and popping in four low. I feel that it's less wear and tear on the vehicle. And again, going into the following that one up was not using your automatic transmission properly by not gearing down when you're going down hills or over obstacles. Got an automatic transmission. Even if you are an FSR, gear down to third or second, it'll save your brakes a lot. Next one, they kind of combined these next two, packing too much stuff or packing not enough stuff to be prepared for an emergency. Like I say, there's a fine line on it. Pack the basics, start with that, and then go from there. Next one, these all th- the next three all relate to each other. One of the big mistakes people is they get the ego in the way and they refuse to turn around and or they're not staying flexible and allowing things to change, taking another route, whatever. It's okay to turn around. It's okay to take a different trail. If the situation can become either dangerous, in the case of a side hill or something like that, or if it's going to end up creating vehicle damage or person damage, it's not worth it. It's okay to turn around. Stay flexible and stay calm. We do get ourselves into some hairy situations, and panic does not help out. I don't know how to coach people on how to stay calm is just something that is natural i'm sure there's videos or podcasts on how to stay calm in stressful situations but um i think a lot of it is a natural thing as well too so and then the last in the recap is not having proper communications so whether you have a like a zolio or a gps transponder um or a proper cell phone, and also proper communications. I didn't mention it earlier, but it's having some sort of radio to communicate between yourself and your buddies on the trail. It's amazing how beneficial radios are between two vehicles. So between a spotter and a vehicle or between two, three, four vehicles going down the road, you can watch out for vehicles coming down. You you can let them know about a big pothole that's hidden in in the dust or, hey, stick to the left on this one. Um, etc. So proper communication, either through your VHF or CB radios, if some of you still have those, and as well as proper communication to the outside world is an, as a cell phone or satellite service. So, so there you are, what I consider to be some of the mistakes made by four-wheelers. Let me know what you think. I'm sure there's other ones out there. Throw us a comment on our Facebook page. Throw us a comment on the show page. Or give us a comment on the podcast host, whether it be Spotify or iTunes Music, whichever. But uh, really interested to hear what you guys think. What have I missed? What am I being overcritical on? 
Let me know, and we'll go from there. Later.